Hey everyone, welcome back to On Campus with Miss T. I am your host, Miss T. And I'm your co-host, David. And today we will be talking to my very good friend, Rick. Welcome to the show, Rick. Yay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> glad, to be, glad to be a part of the big show. <laughs> I don't know how big it is, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a show. <laughs> so how are you, Rick? I'm doing well, thank you, Sandra. Enjoying uh, living in uh, northern Idaho now. Uh, I grew up in the uh, country of uh, Eastern Ohio, so it's it's kind of nice to get back to uh, rural farm life. And uh, after living uh, in Los Angeles for you know most of my life, so I enjoy that. I do miss people, uh, and I do miss <laughs> some aspects of the big city, but everything's well. Thanks. That's good. Yeah, good. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and just about yourself. Okay. Um, like I said, I, I grew up uh, in Eastern Ohio. My uh, family, including my grandfather, were uh, and my father and uh, my actually my brothers are all uh, stonemasons and brick masons. Mm -hmm. And I actually uh, worked as a as a brick and stonemason uh, to uh, help support the family when I was going to graduate school. Uh, I decided after. Uh, college to uh, go get a uh, advanced degree so I uh, applied to the history department's uh, PhD program at UCLA and got my uh, PhD in the history department in the history of religions and uh, the uh, origins of early Christianity and Northwest uh, Semitics and uh, kind of and uh, 19th century intellectual European thought were my areas. And then I started uh, uh, teaching. Uh, I taught uh, in the history department uh, as a visiting professor for, for uh, 12 years. Mm -hmm. And I taught at Cal State University Northridge in the religious studies department for about 24 years, of which uh, 10 I was the department chair. And I'm still teaching uh, uh, two courses online after uh, retiring uh, last fall. Oh, I didn't know you were uh, still teaching. Nice. Yeah, I'm still, you're allowed to, to do a couple courses after you retire online. So I, I enjoy that. I don't have the responsibilities, the, the administrative responsibilities as chair, but I get to teach and I really love, I still really love uh, teaching. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm sure that you've heard all of the, all of the stuff going on, <laughs> not just even in our country, but around the world. So I did want to get your perspective or your point of view, sort of like a Christian perspective, I guess, on um, on all of the protests and the riots and the looting and everything that's going on um, in our country and also even in, in other cities around the world. So how do you how do you feel about that, I guess? To start with. Well, first of all, I, I, I you know, I feel uh, saddened and brokenhearted that in uh, the uh, 21st century, our culture, our country, and much of the world still struggles for uh, just, justice, social justice, racial justice. Mm -hmm. it, it's very sad. Uh, I think we often assume that as we progress technologically, that uh, we're going to automatically become better people, more fair people. And that's certainly not been the case. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, uh, I, I think uh, technology has soared in the advancements that we have, but we as a, a, a human culture still struggle with some of the very basic things. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, speaking as a Christian, not for all Christians, but as a Christian, and speaking primarily to uh, the Christian community, uh, I would uh, remind us that uh, we find these human struggles of treating people with decency and justice uh, in the ancient, in our ancient text in the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, these struggles continue, and, and we uh, 
we some somehow in uh, Western culture uh, mitigated uh, that. Uh, well, any you know any uh, damn fool can figure out ethics <laughs> and, and morals, uh, but it's much more difficult and complex. So we've we've really deprived children in the education. Uh, not giving them a basis, and it doesn't have to be religious specifically, but mm -hmm. to talk about how to make decisions, uh, especially dealing with treating people fairly, uh, and not making distinctions simply because of uh, uh, the distinctions that have been uh, that have categorized uh, our our country over race, uh, etc. So uh, I would suggest that uh, those. Uh, those who belong to our tradition can return to the tradition and find uh, jewels that are valuable in terms of uh, treating people with justice. Uh, you look at the ancient uh, prophet uh, prophets in the Hebrew Bible. Uh, Amos uh, tells the powerful leaders of, of northern Israel, you know, hey, just pay your workers a decent wage, you know, yeah. uh, <clears throat> and let justice roll down uh, like waters. Uh, mm -hmm. So these are these are things that uh, we still need to concentrate on. <clears throat> Excuse me. And things that are featured in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and I think um, you know the, the the Bible doesn't have answers to everything, but it, it clearly. Uh, reflects the same struggles that that our modern culture is having and with yeah. uh, you know, with the uh, encouragement to uh, love our neighbors uh, love our enemies uh, take care of those who are in need uh, and so uh, I think that the the teachings of Jesus and the example of Jesus resonate for those who are really interested in uh, social justice and uh, so there's there's something there for us uh, to live by example, to be inclusive, mm -hmm. to accept uh, people regardless of their social status, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their gender or sexuality, to be all inclusive, uh, to uh, demonstrate love <clears throat> as uh, 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 Jesus uh, encouraged his, his movement to do. Then, of course, the movement betrayed Jesus and uh, powerful uh, demagogues got in, in, uh, in charge of the church and they were more interested in sustaining their power. And these juggernauts basically uh, took the gospel and, and uh, deprived it of its essential uh, call for uh, justice and uh, mutual treatment of, of people. Mm -hmm. uh, and used it to uh, bully people, uh, used it to uh, maintain their own power. And it's no wonder that a lot of people are turned off to religion. And, yeah. and certainly they should be that form of church. religion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, in a nutshell, I guess in a nutshell, that's uh, what I would say to the, the Christian community. Yeah, it's so crazy because now when people think of church or if they think of you as a religious person it's always kind of a negative thing <laughs> yeah yeah mm -hmm. where they just assume that you're like anti-lgbtq or you're sexist or you're like i don't know something <laughs> yeah it it really is and but of course uh some of that we've we've earned you know we uh, mm -hmm. those who have departed from uh, what i would say the core teachings of jesus uh and uh the uh, the bible when it, 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 it talks about love and helping uh uh the outcast the sojourner so uh you know in in large part uh, that part of religion or even christianity I go so far as to say betrayed uh, Jesus and, mm -hmm. in, and, in, and much of what uh, uh, the Apostle Paul taught as well, because he's, he's very much on board with the Jesus agenda, you know, including women as equals in the uh, Christ communities or the churches. Uh, the main issue for, that Paul deals with, that first generation Christianity after Jesus deals with, is a racial issue. 
you know, how do these Jews and non-Jews or Gentiles come together as a family in uh, Jesus' name? And so that, uh, that is essentially a racial issue. And for Paul, uh, he insisted, as you know, well, Gentiles don't have to, to change their, their race and uh, convert to Judaism. So there's a racial component there that we could learn from. And so there was to be acceptance across the board. And uh, even slaves were welcome. And to be, uh, uh, Paul had everyone in the church calling each other brother and sister. And there was, and so uh, a slave comes in uh, and slavery was a, a significant uh, social political uh, leg of the ancient uh, Roman world. So for uh, slaves to come in and be welcomed as uh, equals, as brothers and sisters, uh, was a, a quite a phenomenal thing in the first century. So again, uh, if we could recapture that, or we could uh, consider using that as a model, I think it would be helpful for our, our culture and the, and the sad state of affairs we have now. Uh, we seem to thrive on going after each other's throats yeah. politically. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's time for everybody to, uh, you know, lay aside uh, our political banners long enough to come together as human beings and then have dialogue and, uh, you know, go ahead and disagree over different political aspects. So I think the uh, the Marxists and uh, uh, the capitalists uh, can sit down together at, uh, around the the the, uh, the table of the, of the Lord and and disagree politically about things, but work together to address the injustices and the prejudice that we still unfortunately suffer from in our our culture. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people put that first, I guess, put their own political agendas first. So then they just talk to each other to like argue instead of to actually listen and understand each other's yeah, or to shame. perspectives. Yeah, just or to, to shame. shame each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think uh, uh, it's, it's again, I'm speaking to uh, not for all Christians, but speaking as a Christian to the Christian community. Uh, we need to we need to sacrifice something. We need to lay something aside, and I would I would suggest uh, it's uh, characterizing myself as a white person feeling privileged and that I'm owed something uh, because I worked hard or something like that, or or laying aside my political preference and and coming to a table, coming to a meeting place where we can all work for the same goal. And, but you, but we have to lay something aside. You know, we can't. Mm -hmm. We'll never. We'll never have a conversation. We'll never be able to uh, embrace each other if we come at uh, this problem or other problems, uh, holding our our uh, our political shield and weaponizing uh, the uh, the notion that uh, you know I'm right. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to, and you're wrong. And, and, you know, the two, we'll never get, we'll never get along. And unfortunately, the church has bought into this as well. It's, it's tragic, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy because I think even across like minority races, it's, it's kind of the same thing where you have to put your own race aside. Cause even like with other Mexican people, I've been hearing a lot like, well, you know, black people have never showed up for us or like, why are they protesting Black Lives Matter when, you know, our kids are still in cages, quote unquote, right? Like we still have a lot of our own issues that need to be dealt with. Why isn't anybody rioting for that? But it's one of those things where it, it does affect us all, I guess, this subject. Yeah, because it could roll down. Yeah, like it's a human issue. Yeah, <laughs> it's not only a black people issue; it's a human race issue in this country. Yeah, ex exactly. And and I th I think uh, here again, uh, one of the things that no no one should uh, let go of uh, their their heritage, their culture, or their race. Mm -hmm. But uh, we we can't say well. 
you know, uh, you know, be Black Lives Matter. What about me? You know, yeah. I think we have to recognize that it is a human issue. What the Black Lives uh, movement is is also a a movement to say uh, what all we should all be embracing that all humans should be treated equally and mm -hmm. uh and and everybody can get on on that uh, tr uh train uh, uh you know mexicans uh La La latinos uh asians uh poor whites everyone should be able to get on uh, uh together and uh, not feel slighted uh because uh you know it's it's not uh, there's there's not i don't think we, in other words i don't think we need a a Brown Lives Matter uh, campaign uh, to compete with Black Lives Matter. I think uh, I think the issue is is basically one of justice and uh, the recognition that injustice is done to people of color, uh, poor people, and why not join together and use this unfortunate uh, tragedy and now this movement uh, for positive change. I, I personally can't endorse violence. Uh, I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't think. I know you get people's attention that way, and some of these juggernauts in Washington or in uh, in city and uh, state governments uh, seem only to uh, pay attention when you know the, everything's going to hell in a handbag. But uh, I think Martin Luther King Jr. is example is still the clear paradigmatic way to approach this he uh he, he never advocated violence even though he was uh, as you know he and others were persecuted significantly mm -hmm. and uh his voice was a voice that the church ought to listen to not just you know he wasn't just a civil rights leader uh he was a christian preacher who mm -hmm. uh, having had a religious experience in his kitchen at three o'clock one morning while having he couldn't sleep and having coffee uh he felt compelled by jesus to get involved in civil rights he didn't even really want to do that but he, he stepped out and uh, his voice uh clearly is uh, the prophetic voice for for we as christians and his voice also resonated to uh across uh, the globe so, you know, you don't have to be, uh, again, a, a, a Christian to recognize the great insight that he had, the wisdom that he had, and uh, the sacrifice that he made on behalf of, of uh, especially uh, uh, African-Americans, but for all people that uh, suffer injustices. So he, I, in my mind, uh, Sandra and Dave, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was the greatest American uh, mm -hmm. of, of, of date. Yeah, and I, I also, I've seen a lot of people like quoting him or bringing him up throughout this time that yeah. there's been all the protests and stuff, but there's a lot on both sides, I guess, because there's a lot of people quoting him as far as like, 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 condemning i guess the looting and the riots and saying it should be peaceful like um martin luther king jr and then other people coming out with other quotes saying that um martin luther king jr didn't condemn rioting and looting that he saw that there was like a point to it or that there was like it's almost like things would get to a point where it was almost like in inevitability, I guess. Yeah, well, I my understanding of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, when it when it came to of, of violence was that the those who stand up and march for justice will have to experience and suffer violence at the hands of others. But they were not to retaliate. In fact, you know, he he uh, learned some techniques uh, uh, from Mahatma Gandhi uh, when it came to that. So uh, nonviolent resistance. So there is a resistance, and the resistance will incur uh, violence from others. 
So I think he, that's what he says was inevitable. If you do this, expect to be attacked in some way, either, either verbally or physically. And mm -hmm. certainly he was. And, and, and of course, he, uh, he was uh, assassinated. So, um, but I don't think he would ever say that uh, violence ever accomplishes the gospel as he knew it. And uh, I think like Jesus, who resisted uh, the policies of uh, the Roman government and the, those in power, uh, those religious leaders uh, that, in, that held power over uh, the Jews at the time, uh, Jesus too was uh, a nonviolent leader of resistance, but the resistance cost him his life. And he says in the Sermon of the Mount, you know, listen, uh, if, you know, if they went after me and you and you become one of my followers, you know, they're going to come after you, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the quote that I've seen a lot is, um, I think he says, a riot is the language of the unheard is a quote, I guess, from Martin Luther King Jr. And that's a quote that I've seen a lot <clears throat> that people have been using to sort of like defend people that are rioting and looting i think rioting and yeah. looting are two different things though yeah yeah I, I don't but i don't i really don't um i really don't think he was you know yes i he did say that uh so by the time you get to a riot uh it, it's it's a sign that uh people have are are not yeah. feeling mm -hmm. that they 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 matter that any, no one's listening to them. They suffer, they suffer. We do all sorts of things. But uh, so I think he, he, he can say, this is what you get. I think he was talking yeah, to Yeah, like he understands people. it. Yeah. But I don't think he was saying, uh, well, if, listen, if they won't listen to you, go out, go out and burn, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. a JC yeah. Penny. He wasn't condoning it, I don't think. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. Or encouraging it. Just understands <laughs> it. He understands it'll happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And, so, and, and, and something else I'd add to that, if I could, um, mm -hmm. uh, following uh, with uh, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, it's, it's an important thing, and I think we as Christians uh, certainly recognize this. Uh, his, his leadership um, and, and his uh, inspiring life and words <clears throat> led to our, uh, our government uh, enacting the civil rights uh, legislation, which was tremendous. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it would, happen, would have happened without him and his movement. But uh, he would be the first one to, to acknowledge you can make a law, you can legislate uh, fairness and justice uh, and equality, but unless the human heart changes, nothing is going to change. Yeah. So we have laws on the books, not that we, you know, we don't need uh, better laws or, or more laws, but we already have laws that uh, ensure equal rights and justice to many people. But unless the people's heart changes, they're not going to follow those laws. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, mm -hmm. they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to uh, still mistreat people and, and people are going to be... Uh, Many poor people, people of color, are going to be left out of the picture. So you can't you can't legislate uh, the the type of change that we're all looking for. It has to come within. It, there has to be a transformation of people's hearts or minds in order for us to make any real progress. Because uh, a law, although necessary, useful, it you know it helps it helps pave the way. But if there's not people willing to go along with the legislation, uh, then then I, I, don't, I don't think uh, we're going to make much progress. Yeah, or I think we've kind of seen that we haven't made too much progress, right? Exactly. Because these laws have been passed for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what, 40 years? Um, and then what made me think that we kind of needed to bring religion into this topic, I guess, or what? 
sorry, that was a really loud car. <laughs> yeah. Um, what brought religion into this subject for me, and I, I don't know why I hadn't really like thought about it too much before, but um, I don't know if you saw the like event where President Donald Trump posed in front of St. John's Episcopal Church. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you like what you thought of that or how you interpreted that because I didn't really see what the point of that was, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, first of all, um, it was a symbolic gesture and uh, symbols have to be interpreted. So we, we have to, you know, we don't know since he didn't comment, he, he didn't say exactly what he meant by you know, marching over there uh, in front of the church and holding up a Bible, we kind of have to interpret it to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a, a assume what he what he was doing with that maneuver. Uh, I, I I have to chuckle. Uh, Al Sharpton referred or mentioned uh, uh, President Trump doing that, and he said uh, uh, he saw him holding up the Bible. He would suggest that he also open and read it. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, I, th- I think for, for, and again, it has to be interpreted. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm missing it, but it seems to me that, uh, he marched over there with his entourage. Uh, it was a, uh, a response, uh, to what was going on, uh, a demonstration that, uh, you're not going to shut down, uh, the freedom of uh, the country and, and uh, here I am in the church that was, uh, you know, burned, uh, holding up a Bible. So I, I think he was also appealing to uh, uh, some of his base with that uh, that maneuver. So I, I you know, I, I don't know uh, exactly what he, he he had in mind by it, but I, I just think it was kind of an empty political uh, maneuver. Uh, not, you know, I don't think it was a, a maneuver of uh, a transformed heart. Uh, you know, I wish he would have gotten over there, opened the Bible to some passage that uh, calls for peace and understanding mm-hmm. uh, and reconciliation. But there was none of that. It was just, yeah. uh, you know, this kind of this uh, vacuous uh, act that certainly has some meaning, but uh you know, everyone's going to read into it what what they assume uh, he, he had in mind. But I, I, I just think, uh, to me, it, w- it was it was not a helpful thing to do because yeah. it's also uh, being uh, understood as uh, a, a type of uh, showmanship, just a, a photo op or something like like that. So yeah. I I think, and and I don't know that the uh, it'd be nice if the president, you know, our president's uh, uh, had a, a, a strong social justice conscience. But uh, again, I, I, I don't think if we're going to expect change and peace in our country, uh, we can rely on the president or the Republicans or the Democrats. I really think the people need to, beginning with, you know, I'm just, again, I'm speaking to the Christian community. I think we need to do our part to demonstrate uh, justice love, reconciliation, interlocking arms and, and uh, coming together to help and to be, uh, again, uh, to demonstrate and practice social justice and peace and forgiveness and, and to aim at reconciliation. And there will be a price to pay for it. Uh, but, um, you know, and, and for all of those churches that uh, find that they're, they're, they're calling at this uh, time, uh, this uh, uh, challenging time is to stand behind a, a political leader. Uh, I, I really think they're missing something because again, I, I don't think either party has the wherewithal or or the uh, the insight to solve these problems. I really think we do need to return to our 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 religious roots, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the prophetic roots of uh, proclaiming again. Uh, that God, God is a God of all nations, a God who loves all people equally, and that we are called to love one another, even love our our enemies. Uh, this is the message 
that uh, you know our, I think our community uh, in America needs to hear and throughout uh, the rest of the world. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. <laughs> Makes sense. I think everyone's just busy arguing. <laughs> yeah, and having their own. I don't even know, like their own agendas, I guess, their own. Like it's, everyone's like, it's my way or the highway. Yeah. Yeah. On and that's, both that's, sides that's, too, not just yeah. on Exactly. <laughs> and that's what, you know, that's the nature of politics. I mean, it's, uh, uh, so uh, we have to, you know, we have to rise above the politics or we, ha or we have to be an example to the politicians as well. And, and we, we can't say, hey, we're, yeah, we're going to settle for uh, just sitting back and letting you people, uh, motivated by power, political uh, power, uh, to take control and, and resolve this issue. I, I really think that we need to, to uh, like Martin Luther King Jr., we need to uh, stand firm uh, without violence, uh, without threats, but to stand firm and insist on justice for all peoples. And, and, and fair treatment of, of all peoples. So, uh, but again, I, uh, it'll be a cold day in hell when politicians solve any of these problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> so um, another thing I wanted to ask you was how you feel, I guess, being a white male in our society, right? How do you feel watching i don't know if you have watched it or not but watching or hearing about the video of george floyd's death or many other um people's deaths that have come like that have been racially spurred i guess um how do you feel as a white male watching that well <clears throat> yeah i uh, i'm embarrassed uh Certainly, I, I, I'm saddened, deeply saddened. Uh, as you know, Sandra and David, I've, I've spoken out. I've, my involvement in the church has been one for uh, racial reconciliation and justice. Mm -hmm. um, and it, uh, it grieves me to see uh, something like that happen. It, 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 it was... Uh, it was something that I, I think uh, for a lot of white people, uh, perhaps they needed to see it because I, I think uh, one of the issues for, for, not for all whites, but for, for many whites, is that um, we, we live in isolation uh, and we're, we're protected from some of these events. We hear about them, but it, you know, it never really gets home. Mm -hmm. And we kind of give lip service uh, you know, we say yes, but that I think uh, was was such a graphic uh, demonstration of the injustice, the cruelty, the man pleading, uh, people in in the background uh, pleading with uh, you know the police officer to uh, take his knee off of uh, uh, George's neck, and. Uh, it, it, it was it was brought home that uh, this is something that many many uh, white uh, males and white people have uh, have really been isolated from, and mm -hmm. uh, to to to, uh, to see it I think uh, brought an awakening that there is there is clearly something going on here, so that uh, the. You know the, the the cries of the minority uh, underrepresented communities. Maybe not just uh, you know cries uh, that are 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 baseless, but there's some real substance here. So I, I grieve over it. I, I mean, uh, uh, I I tend to think of myself as a follower of Jesus first, and I don't you know I'm not denying my my whiteness or the you know the <laughs> advantages I've had. Uh, but uh, I, th I think it's that once, if we, if we could just get out of our sequestered, isolated, protected environments in, uh, 
in white America and get involved in communities, uh, in the inner city and, and poor communities, the uh, communities of color, that, that we'd have a much better insight rather than allowing uh, media to uh, inform us of what's going on. I think we need that direct connection. And that's, that's too what will change people's hearts. And again, I, I, I challenge and call the church to be there, uh, to stop uh, you know, meeting in these mega entertainment complexes and singing songs and waiting for the second coming when uh, they really need to be uh, doing everything they can, uh, transferring uh, resources into the inner city uh, to, and, and being a part of some, some ministry where these injustices are, are going going on, that will that will bring the gospel uh, to a uh, rubber meets the road experience, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and and by the way, I think the uh, African American church and the the Latino church churches uh, should be the leaders to help uh, lead the white church in the direction that we need to go, because. In, in the experience of injustice and of suffering, they come clo very close to the, the type of uh, environment that Jesus was uh, talking about. The people, that, the peasant people that were uh, oppressed by Roman policies. And, and I, I think uh, when you experience that, then when you look at what uh, Jesus did and how he treated people and what he said, it becomes very real and dynamic rather than, hey, what can I do to uh, make sure that I'm ready to go when the Lord comes back and I go to heaven and get my mansion? I mean, that's, uh, that, that, you know, that type of, uh, <laughs> type of, it just takes, it takes all of the power out of the gospel. That's, you know, that's not what Jesus talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, the church has been so, the white church has been so isolated from the reality of uh, real people suffering in, in real neighborhoods, not too far from their own. And, and so church be, uh, in the, the white church becomes an experience of another experience of isolation, of, of, of just, uh, you know, well, you know, let God take care of this in the second coming. You know, I'm just going to, what I need to do is make sure I'm ready and uh, I'm living a pure life. Uh, and it just, uh, again, it just takes the, the wind out of the sails of Jesus, Jesus's message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's like something that my mom always tells me where I guess a lot of people tend to just kind of like pray or like give your troubles to Jesus or whatever, which I totally get. But she used to always tell me that we have to help ourselves or we have to do the work too or let god work through us not just pray and expect for some kind of divine intervention to to solve everything yeah i think yeah i mean pr prayer uh you know we pray for a, a lot of things and we're encouraged mm -hmm. to but prayer is also an engagement you know our prayer should also god use me uh, mm -hmm. god direct me how can I be a vessel uh, for uh, an instrument of change, an instrument of justice and reconciliation? Use me, even and, and help me provide the need. You know, when I when I suffer for this, you know, uh, help me uh, during those times as well. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely a powerful thing. Prayer. It's just I feel like sometimes people use it as like a. Well, that's it. I prayed. My yeah. job's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know this is kind of a tough question, I suppose, and I don't know that any single person really has the answer to this, I guess. But what would you think that the solution to these issues would be? Yeah, it's, that's a that's a very a very uh, uh, difficult one. Well, for the first, uh, I would say we cannot rely on uh, certain leaders, either elected uh, or individuals. We we need to come together truly as a community, uh, united and convicted that 
we are resolved to work through this together and keep everybody on board. Uh, a commission uh, with suggestions, fine. Uh, new legislation, fine. But if we can't get uh, a united front of all different peoples working and coming together, there, there will not be uh, a solution to, to this because we can't just legislate change. There has to be true transformation of people's lives. And the way to do that is to get involved somehow. Uh, churches need to get involved. They, you know, they have uh, an agenda that they can follow. Uh, clearly, Jesus addresses uh, these issues of injustice and hate. And uh, so we have we have a, a clear teaching, a path. How to how so how the question would be how to integrate it. How can I at my church with others get involved to resolve these issues? Does it mean going down and spending time uh, with with uh, people in your city uh, with food or whatever? Uh, these these are issues that that uh, again have to be discussed and worked on. But uh, the, I think the basic solution again is a corporate a corporate uh, situation where communities come together, working together. We lay aside uh, the animosities, Republican, Democrat, uh, Baptist, Roman Catholic, whatever they are, and the racial divides. Uh, we lay those aside and, and uh, come together. Not, not saying, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying we, that the race doesn't matter. I'm just saying we can't use that as an excuse not to work together. So that would be my, uh, my hope. I, I think it's, it's in the people that uh, the answer is. Was that, was that an amen? I know. Yeah. That was very dog amen. Like <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. But I, I think it's going to take a while still. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just yeah. like being a pessimist, right? But I feel like our country still has a long way to go, I guess. Yeah. This, does, well, this is... These recent events uh, are an indication that you're right, Sandra. This is we have a long way to go, but we've got to take first steps. You know, we can't we can't be uh, certainly uh, a people without hope. We do have hope. We got we have to believe, for example, as Christians, that uh, the gospel, the the message, the the God makes a difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm. uh, and and we and and if people don't want to you know, come along with our particular uh, approach to this, that's fine. Uh, but we need to do something. So we can't be discouraged. Uh, change will come and God will be with his people and all of those who work for, for justice and peace uh, to, to uh, rid this uh, terrible hatred and bias that, that still permeates our, our country. Yeah. I think also people are maybe used to like staying within their comfort zones too. And like you were talking about the isolation and stuff, I think people almost kind of isolate themselves sometimes too because they don't want to be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's a very human thing. I mean, uh, I, th I think, but there's strength in numbers. You know, if, if the idea of me going out uh, and, and trying to do something on my own is uh, frightening. But if you have a, a partner and, uh, and you have people that you can work with in a group, uh, we've seen in the demonstrations, there's great, it generates great, uh, great power when people come together in March. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure that the, the tens of thousands of people that were marching didn't see eye to eye on everything. You know, they, but they were there for a cause. And so to put the cause uh, above personal uh, likes and dislikes and, and, uh, and political interest, I think is, is uh, the way to go about that. But, but again, no individual should, should feel like uh, this is incumbent upon them only. We hear a lot of that, you know. Uh, of, of course, an individual can make a difference. But I, I really think this... In this situation, we need uh, communities coming together, peoples coming together. Uh, and again, if we wait for the politicians to do it, 
It's never going it, it, to it, happen. It, it's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah, we've seen that, that over and over again. Yep. At least we know one thing. That's a constant, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Everyone's exactly. that. <laughs> so now, is there anything that you wish people would understand? Anything that you want to leave people with? Just like if people listening could take one thing away from the conversation that we've had here today, what would you want that to be? Well, it's, uh, and again, I'm uh, just from my own experience and uh, knowledge of uh, our religion. I would, I would suggest that we really do have a, a secure foundation in, in returning to the teachings and example of Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, we, ha we have seen the result of, of uh, secularization of our, our culture, uh, taking God out of the picture, uh, thinking that uh, uh, programs and thinking that tech, somehow technology is going to save the world. Uh, I think it's futile. I think the Western Enlightenment uh, uh, really changed the meaning of what it means to be human and the value system. So I, I think uh, we need to return, especially those who uh, refer, refer to themselves or call themselves Christians. We really need to come back to uh, the the teachings of Jesus they were they were radical but we mm -hmm. need we, we need a, uh, a a really all concerted effort to address these things so my point would be uh, not to give up hope uh, and to rely on God's help and to start to implement in our own life and in our relationships uh, the teachings of Jesus about love and forgiveness uh, and uh, reconciliation yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome if everyone could do that. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us today, Rick. And I know this was probably not a very easy or comfortable conversation to have, I guess. So thank you for, for yeah. doing that. Thanks with for coming us. on, man. Appreciate it. Well, hey, I, I, I thank you for uh, inviting me to have this conversation. I love you guys and wish you all the best. Thank you. We love you too. Yeah, I love you too, man. And hopefully we All can right. get out there to visit you soon. Yeah, we'll visit You're you welcome soon. anytime. I'd love to see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll tell Anne that we said hi. I sure will. All right. Bye, David. Bye, All right. Sandra. See you, man. Bye. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of On Campus with Miss T. Hopefully it gets some conversations going about what our role as Christians, I guess, should be within all of this. And maybe also some conversations about how people are oh, not... Oh, we have to act on it, not just... Yeah. Not all just politician stuff. Yeah. And also to, I don't know how to put it in words, I guess, but to kind of like go against this stereotypical idea or thought or whatever of Christianity being like racist, of Christianity being anti-LGBTQ, of Christianity being... Um, sexist, yeah, Christianity being slut shamers, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so hopefully it, if you are Christian and listening, hopefully it brings that topic up for you so that you can really look at yourself and look at the teachings of Jesus and kind of rethink how your actions are actually reflecting that or not reflecting that maybe. Um, and yeah, like David said, we, we need to make sure that we're being proactive about things and not just, I don't know, not just.
being comfortable <laughs> with our lives, I guess. Yeah, or saying, oh, this, it doesn't matter for me. It doesn't affect me. Kind of attitude, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons, I guess, or excuses that people might come up with to ignore what's going on or to not speak out about things or to not. It's not even that. I wouldn't even say, like, you have to go out there and protest, right? Like, I mean, it can just be in your everyday actions. Too. And then even just, have to even just talking about it helps, honestly. Mm-hmm. Talking with other friends. Because like Rick said, it's, it's a lot to do with changing people's hearts, right? It's not just passing laws and whatnot. Yeah, it's also exactly. changing people's hearts. So just in your day-to-day lives. Yeah, a law doesn't change a person's mind. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not actually going out there and protesting, if you're just doing it in your day-to-day life, if you're leading by example, if you're having these conversations with other people to try to change their hearts on this topic, then that's still being proactive. Yes. But yeah, so thank you for listening. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, be sure to tune in again next week. Um for another episode of our podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and CastBox. You can also check out our social media um, accounts, I guess. Yeah, accounts. Accounts. Um, We have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. We are also on TikTok now, if you want to look us up on TikTok. Maybe teach me how to use TikTok because I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, um, yeah, you can send us feedback there. You can just go like our stuff or tell us that we suck. Um, Whatever you'd like to do. Yeah, just engage. You can look us up there. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.